Good morning and welcome to another episode of Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright. It's 7 a.m. on this Wednesday, August 16th. It's great to be back with you after a refreshing holy day. Some thoughts on that in a moment. First, let's begin with our morning offering. We pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope you had a wonderful solemnity of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. I know we did as a family. We did a couple of things to uh, celebrate that yesterday. First and foremost, it began with Mass. We went to Mass on Monday evening. And, uh, you know, new priest for us, uh, new retired priest that's living in the parish, and he had a wonderful point in his homily. He said that when he was a young priest, he heard a homily on the solemnity of the assumption that was just five words. Mary made it, will you? Mary made it, will you? And he went on to talk about how God had prepared Mary from the moment of her conception for what she did on this earth and for what she does for us in heaven and how he gave her that special grace and how, unlike Eve, she never sinned and she made it to heaven in a different way than you and I will probably make it. But she made it there. What about us? Are we striving for sainthood? Are we striving to say yes like her? Another thing he said uh, that, that really kind of struck me was he was talking about giving blessings and he, he said, I, I like to say, uh, may Almighty God bless you and through you, those you encounter. And I thought about that. It, it struck me for a moment. How often are you and I saying yes to God's will? Because when we do that, not only are we helping ourselves grow in holiness and improving the likelihood that we'll stay in that state of grace, which, by the way, we cannot do without his actual grace, but when we're saying yes to him, we're saying yes to the ways he's going to use us to minister to those around us in ways we might not ever know. We may never see the effect. We may never see the fruit of that. But if we're not saying yes to the Lord, it won't happen. So it was a great challenge for us. Then, you know, yesterday, first day of school, we had a picnic afterwards. And then for dinner last night, I made a special dinner for the Solemnity of the Assumption and ended up teaching theology class at the dinner table. We had about a 30-minute open mic, uh, not that we needed a microphone, there's only seven of us, around the dining room table with all these questions about Mary's Dormition. And then that led to questions about other saints and then angels and archangels and so on and so forth. But that's a story for another day. Today on the show, Brian Miller, is going to be with us to talk about intentional accompaniment. Monsignor Myler's back with us to continue talking about the Blessed Mother in the history of our nation. And then I've got a special homily for us from Father Jeffrey Kirby that I can't wait to share with you a little later on in the show. Um, but I'll tell you more about that later. In the meantime, let's go to Mike Roberts for our weather and our saint of the day. Today is the feast day of St. Stephen of Hungary. Born near the end of the 10th century, his father was chief of the Magyars who migrated into an area around the Danube. 
When he was 10, he and his father were both baptized. And at 20, Stephen married Gisela, whose father, St. Henry, was emperor at the time. Stephen eventually succeeded his father as chief of the Magyars and led an effort to Christianize all of Hungary. He instituted a policy of having one church for every 10 towns and collected tithes used to support that church and its priests. At his request, the Pope provided organizational structure needed to run the church in Hungary, and in return, he asked the Pope to crown him king, which the Pope did. Stephen had a great love for his people and was always available to them, especially the poor, but he also could be ruthless when he wanted his own way. He wrote a beautiful letter to his son, Emmerich, explaining that what was needed to be king was devotion to the church and mercy. My son, be merciful to all who suffer violence, keeping always in your heart the example of the Lord who said, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Be patient with everyone, not only the powerful. Sadly, Emmerich died before he could succeed Stephen, and Stephen died on this day in 1038. St. Stephen, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Who comes? The Word made flesh for me. The Lord who died for me. The love made food for me. He comes. To whom does he come? To one redeemed by him. To one allied with him. To one who longs for him. He comes. Why does he come? To reign upon his throne. To reign supreme alone. To make me all his own. He comes. Oh, I am glad to come to thee, my only rest to lay my weary head a while upon thy breast, to bring the burden of my grief hither to thee, and feel, O Jesus, Son of Man, thy sympathy. This week we are talking with Monsignor John Myler of the Diocese of Belleville, Illinois, about the Blessed Mother in the history of the United States. Monsignor, today we're going to talk about hardship and Mary in time of war. And this is one that really grabbed my attention when you and I were preparing for today. So I'm very curious what you have to share with us. I really have for this one interesting story, one historical fact, one anecdote that would help us understand uh, the role of the Blessed Mother here in, here in the time of war. It's the story of one church, of one spot in Chicago that uh, at the uh, West Jackson Boulevard and Albany Avenue corner in East Garfield Park in Chicago is Our Lady of Sorrows Catholic Church, a magnificent church, a magnificent church, still stands. Uh, it was run by the Servite Order. The priests were known as the Seven Holy Founders. Huh? Uh, they were founded way back in 1233 A.D. They were founded 800 years ago. But from the very beginning, that order has been devoted to Our Lady of Sorrows. They made their way to the United States. Uh, they founded this parish in Chicago about 1875, somewhere in that. And in 1937, the priest there made a request to the Archbishop of Chicago 
to start a perpetual novena to our sorrowful mother, to our Lady of Sorrows. The Archbishop agreed. The first novena services were held in January of 1937. And here's the amazing point. This was between world wars. This was during the time of the Great Depression. On Fridays in that church, on the day of the crucifixion, at the cross, they would have a half-hour service of the stations of the seven sorrows, of six prayers and hymns and benediction of the Blessed Sacrament. After the first year, on any given Friday, 73,000 people came to the Sorrowful Mother Novena every Friday. They had to have the Novena 38 times during the day, starting early in the morning until late at night, every half hour. The church seated 2,000 people, so they were having these 38 Novena services. That's how popular devotion to the Sorrowful Mother. And then it, it began to spread to other parishes, perhaps as many as 2,000 parishes across the country. But the mothers of soldiers, the wives of, of husbands who are away at war, uh, their destiny unknown, whether they were by land or sea or air, not only in war, but also in depression. This novena caught on like a holy fire. And if we look at the history of the United States, just think we can list the wars, Revolutionary War, War of 1812, Mexican-American War, Civil War, Spanish-American War, World War I, World War II, Korean War, Vietnamese War, Grenada, the Gulf War, Afghanistan, Iraq. And through the Cold War of the 1950s, when especially the, the message of Fatima was so appreciated by American Catholics, during the time then of the Great Depression, during times of epidemics. Huh? The history of the United States follows a pattern of devotion to the mother of sorrows, who we pray is also the queen of peace. So that throughout these times of war and sorrow, all generations call her blessed. Another beautiful reminder for us, especially for those who may be going through trials right now, that the Blessed Mother is right there with them. Monsignor, thank you for this reflection today. Prayer for the Gift of Prudence Jesus, artful master of parables, your prudence eluded the hypocrites. Your actions were known before creation, displaying all the wisdom of your prudence. Eternity must have attended to minutia. Being prudent in your best interest, you considered all potential consequences, securing the outcome of your earthly life. Grant me the prudence to always be cautious and sensitive to the basic needs of others. Jesus, you have shown great foresight. Prudence truly originates from your being. Amen. Normally, when Brian Miller from the Archdiocese of St. Louis is with us, we're talking about intentional discipleship, but we're going to change a word on you today. We're going to talk about intentional accompaniment in a conference that's coming up on September 9th at St. Louis U High. 
the Intentional Accompaniment Conference. Brian, it's great to have you back with us on Roadmap to Heaven. I love coming to Covenant Network. It's always so fun. We love having you here. Oh, isn't that sweet? Now, every time we talk about intentional discipleship, we say, let's have a refresher. Let's define it. We're, we're good on that. We, we've learned intentional discipleship, but now you've changed a word on us, and we're going to talk about accompaniment. So what are we talking about here? Well, accompaniment really is something that Pope Francis has talked about a lot throughout his pontificate. And, you know, I when I tend to think of discipleship, I think of walking with people on that path of holiness deeper into the heart of Christ. And when I think of accompaniment and the way that Pope Francis has talked about it and the way that this book talks about it, Michael Hall from CCO in Canada, um, it's really about how do we help people have that first initial conversion to Jesus as well. And it's not just that we have the doors of our church open. It's not just that like, hey, here we are, come and get it, and you can meet Jesus. Isn't it great? But it's realizing the messiness of life. It's realizing that people have their own journey, their own story, and we can't just wait for them to show up. That doesn't work. So how do we walk with people? Again, like Jesus did, I always think of, you know, for me, I always think of the road to Emmaus and that story where Jesus comes It's on the day of the resurrection, and there are two disciples who are walking away from Jerusalem. So people who had heard about Jesus, who had probably seen Jesus, who had followed Jesus at some point, they had seen all the great things. So this is like people in our own culture. Like they've come, they've seen the church, they've been a part of the church, maybe they've been sacramentalized, but they haven't really been convicted of the reality of what Jesus' resurrection means. And I love these two disciples on the road to Emmaus. They'd even heard that day an account that Jesus had been raised, but still didn't know what it meant to them in their actual own personal faith, and they're walking the wrong way. So what does Jesus do? He comes and he walks alongside them in the wrong direction and asks them questions. What things? And they start pouring their hearts out to him about what they've heard and seen and all that. And then he starts to teach them and lead them eventually to the breaking of the bread, to the mass where their their eyes are opened and then it's revealed that it's Jesus and their hearts are burning within them and they can't help but run back to Jerusalem to the heart of the church. And I think that when I think of intentional accompaniment, that's the model, right? How do we walk with people, create that burning desire, their burning hearts within them by asking them questions? But, you know, we don't want to walk with them into sin. We don't want to be there when they're sinning, but walk with them even in the midst of the uncomfortableness into the heart of the church. Exactly. I think of my uh, college days and the motto of our campus ministry, which was with you on the way, not pointing you down the way or telling you about a way, but with you on the way. And the way, of course, going back to the early church, being the gospel and and living exactly what you're talking about with the road to Emmaus. So we're going to have a whole day dedicated to learning about this. You said Michael Hall's coming, and this is going to be September 9th from 9 a.m. to about 3 p.m. in the afternoon. $15 a person to register, but lunch is included. Lunch is included. So we're really just covering lunch here. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, in, in light of all of these calls for evangelization that we've been hearing over the past year, and in this year of the Eucharist, this parish year of the Eucharist as well, I mean, this is, this is just a great time to get together with fellow Catholics that want to evangelize and learn about this. Um, now, tell us a little bit about Michael and where he's coming from. Yeah, so Michael is a part of CCO Canada, so Catholic Christian Outreach. So if you're familiar with Focus, and we have the big SEEK conference here in St. Louis, CCO is really Focus in Canada. It started probably even a little bit before Focus did, and they have really the same heart. They go out and they evangelize and they minister to college students. They've really responded to this call of the new evangelization in the church and how we go out and do this really interpersonal relational ministry to lead people closer to Jesus. And they're doing great work. Obviously, Canada, we think of the U.S. as a very secularized environment. I think Canada sometimes even has us a few steps down the path on what it's like to minister and evangelize in Canada. 
And they're just really doing great work. So Michael and I actually met out at the Augustine Institute. We had some classes together in our master's degree and really hit it off. He's a younger guy as well and has been working with them for a long time. And he works on a lot of their program development. It was really interesting talking about this book that is, you know, um, the art of accompaniment, what, what it is, intentional accompaniment. And he said it started out as just an internal resource. And, it, and then it became like a little pamphlet they were using with people. And then he just kind of kept going and adding to it and adding to it. And his bosses at work were like, why don't you just make this into a whole book? Because it's really good. And he kept writing and writing and writing. And uh, they've used it and it's been all over the place. And, you know, even um, Marcel Lejeune, who we had in for our men's conference, I had it in my car when I picked him up in the airport. He goes, I love that book. And I love that man. So it was just really funny to see different people we've worked with talk about uh, how impactful this model of learning to go out and seek and save the lost and walk with them has been. For more information, our listeners can go to archstl.org slash evangelization. All right. That's simple enough. Archstl.org slash evangelization. Brian Miller, it's always great to have you with us. We're happy to partner with the Archdiocese anywhere we can to spread the good word about evangelization. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this. Vocation prayer for youth. Oh, Holy Spirit, Spirit of wisdom and divine love, Impart your knowledge, understanding, and counsel to youth that they may know the vocation wherein they can best serve God. Give them courage and strength to follow God's holy will. Guide their uncertain steps. Strengthen their resolutions. Shield their chastity. Fashion their minds. Conquer their hearts. And lead them to the vineyards where they will labor in God's holy service. Amen. We are midway through our week here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. Patty Schneier has been sharing Proverbs with us all week long. Patty, what proverbial wisdom do you have for us today? Well, we've been talking about Proverbs about work. We've talked about trusting in the Lord was my first and favorite proverb. Today I want to talk about there are many Proverbs that deal with money. And again, these are to impart moral wisdom and a sense of right living. So Proverbs 3, chapter 9, honor the Lord with your wealth the first fruits of all your produce. Then will your barns be filled with grain. With new wine, your vats will overflow. Proverbs 15, better a little with fear of the Lord than a great fortune with anxiety. Better a dish of herbs where love is than a fatted ox and hatred with it. Proverbs 16, better a little wealth with virtue than a large income with injustice. Proverbs 13, wealth quickly gotten dwindles away, but amassed little by little it grows. Those are some of my Proverbs that deal with money. And I think about it, you know, all of us, we all dream sometimes, what would I do if I win the lottery? Now, I don't even play the lottery, but it's just this reminder today from Proverbs to just honor the Lord with our money tithe our first fruits, that 10%, without hesitation, and just put a little aside, slowly, saving, bit by bit. It's common sense, but it's timeless wisdom, and it's all from the book of Proverbs. Great wisdom for us on this Wednesday. Patty, thank you for sharing these Proverbs. You know, sometimes it's a hard decision. I've got these buttons here at my desk that play. You hear this music quite a bit that's playing right now, and we also have a couple other options. And, you know, I never 
I never know which one to pick. Sometimes I'm in the mood for a little gospel organ, sometimes a rumba, sometimes some of the bluegrass and whatnot that we have. And that's okay to have options. Earlier this summer, one of our kids fell, as, as a doctor friend of mine calls it, retired doctor friend of mine, a foosh, fell on outstretched hand. And there was a wrist injury. And we spent part of the summer in a cast and then in a brace. And soon that brace will come off. And one of the questions that mom and dad, you know, we had was, well, what about physical therapy? Is this something that she's going to need to do? And the last time we were at the orthopedist, one of the things that was mentioned was, no, with the wrist, you know, we're not too worried about that because you're going to use your wrist so much, it's going to just come right back pretty fast, especially at a young age. Now, one of the things I noticed, though, was the first time they started manipulating her wrist outside of the cast but before the brace, she said, oh, it hurts. It hurts to move it. And we all said, yeah, yeah, it does. When you don't use those muscles for a long while, and, and for your muscles, a couple of weeks is a long while, it really hurts to start stretching them and moving them again. But as the doctor reminded us, the only way it gets better and if you've ever had a broken bone or you've ever had to do physical therapy, you know this. The only way it gets better is to move it, is to use it, to use it as it's intended to be used. You have to use that wrist to write and to hold things and to move things, etc., etc., etc. I have been thinking about this as we've been preparing for that next step in the journey. And I've been thinking about it in terms of the spiritual life. You know, maybe you heard something on the show today. Maybe you heard Father Kirby talking about those sins of omission. You started asking yourself during the break those questions. Am I praying enough? Am I doing works of mercy enough? Am I going to confession enough? Well, if it's been a while and you and I go to do that again, it might be really uncomfortable at first. You know, when I was younger, not with super high frequency, but with pretty regular frequency, a lot more than I've been able to do since our kids came along, I used to go to the soup kitchen because I had some friends who said, Adam, you're coming with us. Just get in the car. Let's go. And I said, OK, positive peer pressure, right? I'll go. And the first couple times, I was a little uncomfortable, I'm going to admit. But by the last couple times we went, I, it was kind of routine. Honestly, it's like, all right, we're going. Who's driving? Let's do this. And now that our kids are getting older, I'm starting to think, you know, maybe it's time. I've got some friends who take their kids down to the soup kitchen to help serve meals to the poor. Maybe I need to be taking my kids. And at first, it's probably going to be uncomfortable, if I'm being honest. But the only way to get through that discomfort is to live the spiritual life. You know, think about this in terms of mental prayer. Being able to sit for long periods of time in the quiet, hopefully in the Adoration Chapel, to reflect upon your life and to just try and hear what God is saying to you, but to put aside your thoughts and to really reflect upon the Lord. Well, if you don't do that on a regular basis, it's going to be uncomfortable at first. But the only way you'll get better at it is to practice it, is to do it. So important lessons for us, all that I was reminded of from a broken wrist earlier this summer. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us 
St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to Roadmap to Heaven this morning here on Covenant Network. We've got some exciting things brewing on our YouTube channel. If you want to go check that out, you can just search Covenant Network Catholic Radio right there. In the meantime, I just want to leave you with the words I leave you with every day. To honor the Blessed Mother and to do what she says, pray your rosary today.